Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Lightning fans, you found the right show for everything you need to know about your favorite team in the NHL. It's the Lightning Insider Podcast with Eric Erlinson. Get ready for insight, historical perspective, interviews, and breaking news that comes from a reporter insider who's got near 20 years on the Tampa Bay Lightning beat. Now for the latest with the Lightning, here's Eric. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Lightning Insider Podcast. I am Eric Erlinson from LightningInsider.com, and joining me now on a regular basis, my good friend Greg Linelli from Lightning Power Play, Lightning Radio. You know him as the pregame, postgame show host, as well as intermission host for the Lightning Broadcasts, and uh, he is with me now. And uh, boy, Greg, when we signed off on the last show, we we didn't know what kind of news we were going to be in for for our next recording as we sit here and talk today we had just learned about the potential of Nikita Kucherov and what there might be an injury we certainly know the news on that now big trade that went down involving the Tampa Bay Lightning some mixed feelings about that Uh, and we are only a few days away from the opening of training camp for the 2021 season a lot has happened in a week and that doesn't even count Christmas hey yeah first off Merry Christmas to you and yours and I hope everybody out there had uh, a nice time with family and friends as much as you could during these um, weird and challenging times for sure but you're right after we signed off on the last podcast we got word that Nikita Kucherov was going to be out and he was dealing with a hip issue and it's going to require hip surgery. He's expected to miss the entire 56 game regular season. Then some trades came down with Coburn and Paquette that we're going to get into. I know a lot of people have some questions about the salary cap. Where does that leave Tampa Bay? And of course, who else are they going to have to trade in addition to re-signing some of their own during that time? Some restricted free agency that um, I think we knew we're going to get Signed. We just didn't know for how much. Now that picture starting to be a bit clearer, but we have some people that have questions, and we're certainly going to address them throughout the show today and give uh, give the people our thoughts on maybe what the Lightning's roster is going to look like moving forward as much as we can. As much as we can. Look, there's we still don't have definitive information on how it's going to open, what the roster is going to look like. We know some teams are going to open up camp this week as you know we sit here and record on the 29th of December. Uh, the camps will be open by the time some people even listen to this show. So, uh, yeah, a lot going on up in the air. Uh, we'd also like to thank uh, – we have a sponsor, Greg. We have a sponsor for Love the it. show, um, Manscapes. Uh, Manscaped, excuse me, Manscaped. Uh, if people want to check that out, we have a special promo code um, that people can use. If you go to the website and just use the promo code BOLTS, you can get 20% off of any Manscaped order. Uh, and, and Greg, we were we were talking about this. Like, isn't every girl crazy about a well-groomed man? Well, for sure, and I, I can speak to that uh, wholeheartedly. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it, it, <laughs> it, it absolutely, I, I can't wait to really have people embrace this product because you're you know i'm somebody that likes to shave my own head you know i get a little bit of the beard going but i like to keep that trim as much as possible and they've got everything when it comes to grooming if you're a guy so 
We have a lot of uh, lady listeners out there, too, looking for, you know, gifts, maybe presents for their man. Certainly what we're providing, what we're offering uh, throughout the year, hopefully, is something that they can take advantage of. And, of course, guys out there, too, always looking for, you know, that smooth shave, that smooth cut. Um, they definitely have it going on. We're excited that they're on board with us, and we hope a few more are going to be uh, sprinkling in moving forward. Yeah, things are moving in a great direction, so we really thank uh, Manscaped for coming on board with this podcast, and uh, hopefully things will continue to grow um, in the near future. Uh, all right, let's let's just ju- jump right into business here and and talk first about the the, the big news that came out. Obviously, that was Nikita Kucherov uh, hip surgery. Just for people who maybe aren't caught up or maybe didn't catch the full news of it. Uh, he is going to miss the entire season. He's scheduled to miss the entire season. He's supposed to go undergo a hip surgery uh, this week, actually, as we're talking. And it's a four- to five-month recovery. It's the same type of hip surgery that Braden Point underwent. And uh, I didn't know this either. Yannick Gord apparently underwent the hip surgery as well, uh, as Julian Brisebois uh, um, revealed to us in the media when he spoke about the situation. Uh, so it, it is a lengthy time frame. Uh, we, we certainly saw with Braden Point that you can recover from it and uh, it'll be strong. Uh, you can come back from it strong. Uh, but the bigger news here is that you're going to miss an MVP for an entire season. And before any conspiracy theorists start to say, oh, how convenient that the Lightning all of a sudden have $9.5 million in salary cap space they can put on long-term injury, uh, you are much better off with your MVP in your lineup than without and there's no there's no question. I know there are some people out there that um, don't think it's a big loss. Look, in order for this team to repeat, you have to make the playoffs. And as as much as the regular season can become monotonous, and you know, for a team like the Lightning, when they're healthy, it, it just seems like a, a process that they have to endure before they they get to where they need to be, which is ultimately the Stanley Cup again, and, and hopefully repeating. But you have to get there. To do it, and a 56-game schedule is going to be challenging for every team involved, no question about it, and not having a guy like Kucherov in the lineup consistently, who is arguably one of the top five point producers in the NHL, is a big blow. You also have to, you know, ask the question, how would Steven Stamkos look coming back for sure, and, you know, another elite player that is coming off an injury, and you want to make sure that He's ready to go. So I think on the outside looking in, a lot of people will look at this and say, all right, you know what? I'm curious to see how Tampa Bay starts with some of these injuries to high-end players and how will that affect them coming out of the gate. The good news is they still have a lot of elite players, <laughs> specifically yep. a guy like Braden Point and Victor Hedman on the back end, and then, of course, Andre Vasilevsky in net. And I do think, as I've said to you before, and I think you agree, I think the 56-game schedule can help a team like Tampa Bay get ready to go from the start as opposed to kind of easing yourself in because every game matters. So I think it's going to force them to focus a bit more. And also, too, the fact that you're not going to have Kucherov to start the year, you're going to, I don't want to say play differently completely, but you may have to change a couple of things here and there. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. And... E, I think for me, before I kick it over to you, that I'm going to probably focus on a lot in the regular season is I don't care where you finish. Just get in. And once you get Kucherov back, hopefully for the playoffs, it's going to feel like you just acquired the best free agent or the best trade pick um, during the season for the playoffs. And I, I think that can provide a tremendous boost for the Lightning 
once they get there. There's no doubt you can add a player of that caliber uh, right at the start of the playoffs. I mean, that's a huge bolster to your lineup because remember, there's no salary cap in the postseason. So whatever salary cap issues that the Lightning have, and they have them, and we'll get into them here in a little bit, um, you know, there's no salary cap in the playoffs. So you can bring in a Kucherov and not have to worry about can he fit? Do you have to move guys out? Whatever it is uh, in a salary cap situation. But especially in this season, right? Like this is obviously a very strange and odd season. We've talked about the divisional alignment. You know, the schedule has since come out since we talked. We know the Lightning will open with back-to-back games January 13th and 15th at home against the Chicago Blackhawks. Block scheduling. Almost every time they play an opponent, they play the same opponent either the next night or two nights down the road. And that cuts down on the travel. That cuts down on the wear and tear that players are going to have to go through. It's not an 82-game marathon. It's a 56-game semi-sprint, if you will. You've got a lightning team. That, yeah, you're missing a star player, but you've had probably more time off than most recent Stanley Cup champions because of the the time gap. Remember, they won it back on September 30th. They're not starting until January 13th as opposed to winning it in June and having to get ready for training camp at the beginning of September. So there's a little bit of extended time to uh, rest and recover that the Lightning had. We know how banged up Brayden Point was in the postseason. We know now Nikita Kucherov was banged up as well. So, um, yeah, th- this season in particular – with the way it's set up and everything is divisionally based, including the first two rounds of the playoffs, I, I think this is in, I want to say a walk in the park because there's really no such thing in the NHL, but this is close. Yeah, no doubt. I, I think the schedule could be a, uh, a very good thing for the Lightning in terms of getting off on the right foot because they're going to have to, as we just discussed, being that it's a, a shorter season. He also, too, I, I think you're going to look for guys to have you know bounce back years like we saw this past year. Kevin Shattenkirk and Mikhail Sergachev to overcome the loss of a guy like Nikita Kucherov and you know maybe some of the injury questions that people have with Steven Stamkos. Where is he going to be once the season starts? And I think a guy for me that comes right to the forefront is Anthony Sorelli. I don't know what Anthony Sorelli's upside is. I think he keeps getting better every year. But is he somebody that is going to be counted on now to – you know, produce 20, 25 goals this year, even a shortened season, or the equivalent of that in a 56-game year? Well, there's no doubt he has to provide some more offense because, you know, when you're missing a 100-point scorer like Nikita Kucherov, and I'm not going to do the math on what that translates into a 56-game season, but uh, you need you need more offense. You, you need more offense uh, from somewhere. You can't fill Nikita Kucherov's void, but you can find ways to contribute in the void and, and try and make up for some of it. And, and a guy that I look to, you know, we talk about the Lightning's prospect and their system. A guy that I, I can see potentially having that in him is Alex Volkov. You know, he's a former second round draft pick. There's a reason that Alex Volkov was inserted into the lineup in game six of the Stanley Cup final, even though he hadn't played a game in March and had been with the team ever since uh, the summer camp, but never gotten into a game. There's a reason they trusted him to go in there because they feel that he is an NHL player. He got a taste of it last year. Sometimes when players get their first taste of it they want more of it and I've had conversations with Stacy Roost on that the uh, lighting assistant general manager and Syracuse general manager about how Volkov was hungry to get back and more um, you know he, he has that look and that feel of an NHL player uh, he's going to have a big time opportunity to fill the void the numbers weren't there in Syracuse and, and sometimes that happens sometimes you see players who are better at the NHL level than they are at the AHL level 
Um, you know, it works a lot of way in reverse as well. But you see players like him, and he has the skill. He has some of the grit. He has some of the uh, intangibles that you look for. I mean, look at the play he made to set up the power play goal. Uh, they ended up being the game winner uh, in game six against Dallas. He's a guy that I'm going to look to who's going to be given every opportunity to step up, especially into a top nine role, uh, to be productive. And I think that you can see him kind of add in some offense and maybe he hasn't shown to this point. He looks like an NHLer. I think the question is, can he produce like one consistently? And does that come with more reps at the NHL level? Uh, what do we know about Alex Volkov? We know he's an extremely gifted player that hasn't maybe put it together consistently. That needs to change this year because I think he's going to be given an opportunity to make some things happen, hopefully, with the big club. Is there anybody else you think that can kind of have that Kevin Shattenkirk bounce back year knowing that, you know, look, he's a productive player, might not be with the team beyond this year, but could be motivated to have a big year? I think it has to be Tyler Johnson. I think all eyes are going to be on Tyler Johnson because of the situation that we know happened <laughs> literally within days after the Lightning won the Stanley Cup and the salary cap situation the team was looking at heading into the 2021 season. Uh, we know that he was asked to provide a team of uh, or a list of teams that he would accept a trade to and, and waive his no trade clause for. We know that he was placed on waivers, um, but that can be a motivating factor. I mean, he loves it here in Tampa. We've we've had that conversation many times. He's been a big part of this team now for more than half. A decade. He's, he's a familiar uh, name in this market and in, in this place. And if anything else, if, if he knows that no matter what, this is going to be his last year, yeah, there's some motivation there, right? There is. And I, I actually like that one a lot. And you might look at this and say the pressure is off Tyler Johnson to perform. And, you know, maybe because of that, he relaxes a bit and uh, has a banner year. And I think the Lightning certainly could use that during the regular season with Kucherov being out. Good point, C, there. Is there anybody you're looking at right now that they could bring in before the season because now they're under the cap that you think makes sense? I know we had, I think somebody asked a question, and we can get to that a little later on, but I, I know Sammy Votnin has been a hot topic lately. We talk about that, that back-end depth and... You know, is he somebody they could bring in? Do you think they do address that? Or do you feel like, you know, why not wait and see with what you have to start the season before you do anything like that? I think they're more inclined to wait and see because you have, okay, you're comfortable with Ruto playing against Hedman. It's, again, that was one of the biggest question marks uh, going into last season. Who plays alongside Victor Hedman? Jan Ruto was a pretty reliable partner for him before he got injured in February. You're pretty comfortable with McDonough and Chernak together. Uh, you know, Mikhail Sergachev has turned into a 20-minute-a-night guy who could potentially anchor a pairing. The question is who's going to be on that side. But I think you can sit here and comfortably say right now, okay, we have Luke Shen. We're going to give Cal Foot a chance and see where he's at in his progression. Um, you know, you, you, you did move Braden Coburn, so you moved a, a veteran presence uh, on the back end out. Um, but, you know, if, if I think they're comfortable enough to give it a look to see how the right-hand side plays out in the early stages of the season before they think too much about addressing this. Now, having said that, if the right deal comes along or if, uh, you know, a Kevin Shattenkirk drops into their lap or, or a Sammy Vatanen is out there, or, you know, if you can bring him in on a Shattenkirk type deal, maybe that's a different story. Um, you know, and look, 
prices are down for free agent players. I don't think it's any surprise. I mean, you know, the Mike Hoffman situation with St. Louis having to go in on a PTO with a, a perceived one-year contract, that's only $4 million for a guy who's had six consecutive 20-goal yeah. seasons. That's a, that's not a lot of, of uh, a price for uh, St. Louis to have to pay to bring in a Mike Hoffman. So there is that potential. You could bring in one of those type of players on a free agent deal with a cheap show-me type of situation for this year. Uh, but I, I think if, if one of those does don't materialize, I think the Lightning are more pretty content to kind of let this play out and see how things develop in the first uh, month plus of the season before deciding whether they have to address it. Because as I mentioned about that long-term injury pool and how the salary cap works, that also buys you time to have to make that decision. It does. And I think, you know, a lot of people felt like the Lightning were going to have to make some moves. They just weren't sure who was going to be dealt. And I think when we found out it was Braden Coburn and Cedric Paquette, you know, I think a lot of people said, okay, look, important players for sure. And I think both at times made very big impacts with this organization. But you factor in now Kucherov being on long-term IR, and we think he's going to be back for the playoffs, assuming Tampa Bay gets there. I think you have to feel pretty good about where Tampa Bay is and who they lost personnel-wise. I think a lot of people felt like it could have been bigger. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, and that's not to discount uh, Coburn and, and Paquette. Um, you know, Coburn, of course, was acquired in 2015. Uh, big 3 a.m. announced deal from the Philadelphia Flyers. It was uh, Coburn in the first, uh, or uh, Racco Gudis in a first round draft pick for Braden Coburn, um, who had an impact. And, you know, there's a reason they kept him around for five more years uh, because of what uh, he meant to this team and. Um, the the presence that he could fill, and, and let's not undervalue Cedric Paquette's presence. You know, he he was one of those players that you just he he was going to be there. Like you knew it, it, he had some injury issues, but you knew what role he was going to provide. You knew what he was going to bring on a night in and night out basis, uh, and he was just there. Like he was one of the longer term tenure or longer tenure players on this team having come up at the end of the 2014 season for 13 14 season um you know reliable penalty killer a guy you can plug in the fourth line was going to kill penalties for you you just appreciated what Cedric Paquette brought to the lineup day in and day out you you, you can never have enough of those guys uh, in your lineup the problem is is that you can have a lot of those guys in your system and then that's where uh, a guy like Paquette can be moved out because as we mentioned you have a Mitchell Stevens who can step in and right. and uh, and take over for that and you know, you have a guy like Jamel Smith. You know, I liked Jamel Smith from training camp last year, from the beginning of the season, uh, and even the summer camp here from what he showed. So you have players in your system that can step in and, and take over that role for cheaper. And in a team that's as tight against the cap as Tampa Bay is, it, it just made sense that you can just plug in somebody on a, on a cheaper role uh, to do basically the same things that Cedric Paquette can do. And that's the key, especially in, in these times. Cheaper is better when it comes to your third and fourth liners if that's the way you've managed the cap. And this is where player development comes in. We've seen Tampa Bay find gold mines beyond the first and second rounds. They're going to have to dip into that pool a bit more. E. The good news is they've had some guys down in Syracuse over the last couple of years that have had a taste of what the NHL looks like. You mentioned Volkov. You certainly have Mitchell Stevens. And then there's a couple of other guys that are knocking on the doorstep here that could have a role with this team. Again, 56 games and... Condensed. Condensed. And the other thing, too, is I'm going to be interested to see who they keep on this taxi squad because I think those players, we really don't know what's going to happen with the AHL this year. I think they would like to continue their season in some capacity and have every organization be represented. I, I don't know if that's possible, 
But we do know that there's going to be a taxi squad for these NHL teams. And I guess those players won't necessarily count against the cap E unless they get into an actual game. Is that right? Um, or how that works. But regardless, I, I think who they choose for those five spots is going to be pretty interesting. Yeah, and, and uh, for people who aren't familiar with the taxi squad, you are allowed to keep anywhere between four and six extra players around that can work out with your team that can that will travel with your team when you go on to road trips. Um, you can you can keep them, especially the two way guys on AHL basically deals, so they'll get paid their AHL money even though they're working out with the NHL club. Um, you know, so you can keep them around. Waiver situation is still the same. So let's just say, as an example, because we saw Luke Shan at the beginning of last year was placed on waivers and actually started the year in Syracuse before he was brought up. You could, in theory, waive a Luke Shan, keep him on your taxi squad because the AHL, even if the AHL does start, there's talk about beginning of February. It looks like that might be moved back uh, at this point. So uh, you could keep Luke Shan as an AHL salary even though he's going to get paid the same uh, 800,000 no matter where he plays he wouldn't count against the cap if he's on your taxi squad but not on your active roster so that's how that's going to work it's the same thing with two-way players um, you know a player like Jamel Smith for example uh, Jamel Smith would make a certain uh, salary at the AHL level and a, and a certain salary at the NHL level if he's on this taxi squad uh, as an a AHL player he doesn't count against your cap at all so you're able to carry a couple of these extra players uh, around and not have them count against your salary cap and that's another way Tampa Bay could squeeze a few more pennies is to just keep an active roster of, of 20 and just keep those other guys quote unquote on their AHL roster if they needed to and then you know that creates a little bit more cap space that'll be interesting to see how that is utilized by teams especially uh, teams that are tight against the cap like Tampa Bay I'm also curious uh, in terms of how the waivers are going to work because there are quarantine issues, especially if you're a Canadian franchise. We know that there are there's still a uh, there's a 14 day government quarantine. I think that there's an agreement in place between the NHL and the and the, the Canadian government uh, in terms of how quickly these players can get onto an active roster if they have to cross the border. I don't think it's going to be 14 days, but there's still going to be a quarantine period. So is a team say in Canada willing to? pluck a player off waivers knowing that they might not see them for two more weeks. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's a very unique situation. Obviously nobody's experienced it before. I'm curious to see how that works and how the trade situations work out too, because trades are in the same boat. I, I think, and I think I told you this before when we were talking with Canadian about Canadian teams and playing, and there was some talk, maybe there's a delay to the Canadian division possibly because the restrictions that they have in place in Canada. I think and it's it's in many ways it's it's very cool, but it's unfortunate in life. I think certain things get preferential treatments than others, and in different situations sometimes are held to a higher standard. I think in that particular instance, to your point, I don't think you're going to see a two week quarantine period if if you pick somebody, pluck somebody off waivers that's playing in the states that now is claimed by a team, let's say in Ottawa. I think. They'll waive those, to be honest. And hopefully at that point, too, that vaccines are provided and, and players are able to take them. And, and we'll kind of see how that plays out, too. I just I have a hard time thinking that the league doesn't have some sort of agreement in place with Canada to talk about these things that we are bringing up. Because, you know, let's face it, um, Canada wants this to go off pretty smoothly. This is their pastime. This is um, 
what they live and and die with here when it comes to hockey. And I think if you're in a situation like that where some teams have an opportunity to get better, but they have to go through some protocol, I think they would make some exceptions. And we can have that that conversation if we think that's right or wrong. I just have a feeling that's how it's going to play out. Don't be left out. Make sure you subscribe to the Lightning Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else where podcasts are found. Now, here again is Eric. Well, I, I did do my research on that a little bit because uh, one of the questions that I actually got through email was in regards to Coburn and Paquette. Well, you know, Ottawa's supposed to open up camp this week. You know, what are they subjected to? And, and I think I read that um, the first guideline is whatever local mandate is in place. And we know in Canada that's 14 days place. But I think there's a situation, too, that if they show up and they're quarantined in their own room, they don't leave their room. Uh, they're not allowed to leave their room as they quarantine. I think if they have, I think it's seven straight days of negative tests, they can come out of quarantine um, in Canada. Um, so that that so there are some contingencies in place. I don't know if that'll be lessened um, as we get into it because we saw how well the bubble worked in Toronto and Edmonton this summer. And this is obviously different. There's free travel and there, the restrictions are not as much. But they are asking players and players' families to limit their interactions with uh, people outside their household as much as possible to help um, get this thing going. And if that's the case, then, you know, you, you, even if you travel by private charter, you're still going to be subject to some sort of quarantine situation. But I, I, I'm with you. I don't think it's going to end up being 14 days every time somebody has moved on to another roster, um, you know, back and forth between the border. Um, but uh, again, unique, quirky, strange, odd, different situations that we're having to deal with in conversations that a year ago, if you told me we were having these conversations, I would have thought that, uh, you know, you were, you were having a little bit too much, uh, Christmas punch. Yeah. And you know, I'm curious in other States where there, there are bigger lockdowns, maybe very similar to what we're seeing in Canada, like in, in California, we saw the governor come out uh, of that state. And I think issue another extension three weeks where, you know, you're basically inside. What does that mean for teams that are playing, in that state, I know some may have to travel somewhere else to play, but I find I find some of this very interesting. And again, you wonder if these multi-billion-dollar leagues have agreements with these governors that says, "Listen, I understand the lockdowns and the safety measures you're taking. You have to also understand we are taking those same precautions as a league, and specifically some of all of these teams." Um, can you give us uh, an excuse or a written note, so to speak, that allows us to practice even when there are more lockdowns going on in those particular states? Yep, it'll be curious to see how this kind of moves about as we go along in this strange, unusual time and season and everything else. Uh, let's let's go ahead and get to the questions um, here, Greg. And uh, as always, everybody has a question. Use the hashtag Ask EE on Twitter, or as Jody did. Jody sent me an email, uh, so we'll get to Jody's question uh, as well. I uh, also want to make sure and point out that if anybody would like a signed copy of my book, Lightning Strikes, uh, as we start to look ahead towards next season, it's never it's never a bad thing to look back and think about last season and how it ended. Uh, I will send you a signed copy of my book, Lightning Strikes, for $25 through Venmo. That includes shipping. I will send it your way. Uh, as soon as I sign it, I drop it in the mail. You can have it within a couple of days. So if anybody is interested in that, email me, eric, at lightninginsider.com, or D, uh, send me a DM on Twitter, and we'll make that 
work out. Uh, all right. Our first question here, uh, Greg, comes from uh, Prezemic. Uh, I appreciate Prezemic. Prezemic was uh, very active on the question front during the playoffs, so we appreciate uh, him sticking around. Um, do you think we will sign one more player for a year after putting all the players on long-term injury? We have about $1.5 million in cap space. Should we try and sign uh, Votnin for cheap. He could be a Shattenkirk 2.0 or maybe Devin Shore as a fourth line option. We we did get into that a little bit. Uh, the Devin Shore is interesting. I, I wouldn't think that a forward would necessarily be on their radar. Um, but again, Vatnin is a, is an interesting guy. He's a, somebody that had interest in, um, you know, a little bit of interest in before. Uh, I think he what he went from New Jersey to Carolina, uh, even though he was injured last year. Uh, but he is somebody that the Lightning have had interested in uh, in previous seasons. I wonder if uh, Nikita Kucherov would pick him up at the airport. Remember the big hit? He, yeah. Was, he, oh, he yeah, that's right. The, yeah. He had the controversial <laughs> a couple years ago, and I think it was Vaughn, and it was the one who um, yeah. was just absolutely blown up. I know the yep. Devils didn't like that particular play. They felt like there should have been suspensions handed down, and, um, you know, of course, the Lightning didn't apologize for the hit, but I, I think once those if that happens and guys are reunited i think you kind of put that in the past and you work your way um to the bigger goal there i'm i'm more with you i think if they make a move it's with a defenseman it's not a forward but i think they're probably maybe more inclined to wait and see how the season starts before they may want to address especially a trade where you know maybe you can be a little bit more picky with who you want coming back and then you can also give away a, an asset or two that um, might make that pot a little richer. So yeah. my sense is if they if they go after anybody, it's going to be a defenseman, and I would anticipate that maybe more during the season than right now. But then again, I could be completely wrong, and they go out and, and sign a defenseman now, and, and they're ready to go. So we'll see. Yeah, well, if the right deal is there, I think that you have to jump on that when it's available. But I think if they had their, um, I, I think the way they're probably planning it out is to kind of wait and see and and let things play out. You you do have some time to play around with the roster on how things might look, even in a shortened season, because of the way things are set up. Uh, this is a good one from Faye. Um, any rumblings on Zdeno Chara coming to Tampa? Because apparently, and I can't confirm this, but apparently he's been skating in Ellington uh, earlier in December. Uh, which is interesting. This is this is honestly this is not the first time I've heard Zdeno Chara's name attached to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, but I look at it this way: Zdeno Chara is a left-handed shot defenseman. Uh, can he still eat some minutes? Yeah, he can still eat some minutes. Um, but you have Victor Hedman, you have Ryan McDonough, you have Mikhail Sergachev on your left side. I I just I don't see a fit. Not that you couldn't use a player. Like Zdeno Chara, and he'd probably come in, you know, on a relatively cheap contract. But he is, what is he, 42, 43 years old now, uh, as well. I don't see it as a potential fit, but I'm not going to completely rule it out. Wouldn't he be great on the penalty kill? He would be. And I think the most okay. So the pros and cons of having a guy like Zdeno Chara. The the pros I think outweigh the cons. He's obviously an accomplished defenseman who has a nasty streak. Who has played a lot of hockey. He's going to be motivated to win another Stanley Cup, and you're not asking him to be a top-four defenseman. I mean, I think that's the other thing. He'd, he'd come yep. in and he'd play limited, and I think he'd have him on the PK, and you feel pretty good about his his contributions. And I don't know the guy personally. Everything you hear about him, he's just a tremendous leader. 
I don't mm-hmm. think the ego is as biggie as you know a, a player like that stature that you know would take a lesser role at this stage in his career. I, I don't know. I could be off, but I, I get the sense that wouldn't be a problem. I think the the drawback would be what does he have left in the tank? I mean, he's taken yep. he's taken a lot of abuse over the years. I know he typically gives it out, but guys take runs at him all the time, and he's out there playing. You know, for a good portion of his career, what, 25, 30, 32 minutes a night? And I know he's he's a highly conditioned athlete, but, you know, father time catches up to us all. And I think that would be the drawback. But if he were to come in, the good news is he's not playing a top four role. And I yep. think that's that would be the most attractive part about that. And, and I always find this interesting with, with players like Chara. Again, good player. You could use him on any team. But he's been on the other side of so many rivalry situations. I mean, I, I, I mean, how would the Lightning players? I, look, they're hockey players. They probably wouldn't have any issues with it. We've seen plenty of guys welcome into a room uh, that maybe had some bad blood with, with previous teams. But uh, and, and how would Lightning fans feel about a guy like Zdeno Chara after all those things against the Bruins over the years um, in, a, in a Lightning uniform? It would be curious to me to see how people would react to uh, that potential being there. But uh, again, that's interesting. I had not heard that he was skating down in Ellington, so that's a a good scoop by Faye there. Um, Another one here from Kenny. Does Tyler Johnson have to clear waivers to be recalled? If he does, do you think he gets claimed? All right, so let's go back to the first day of free agency, and forgive me if I'm off on my date, but I think it was October 7th, somewhere around there, uh, just after the draft. We know Tyler Johnson was placed on waivers by Tampa Bay because of the cap situation that they were facing. Uh, Couldn't work out a deal to move him to another team, so they put him on waivers, seeing if another team would take him. He cleared. Uh, So this is the way the waiver situation works. Uh, You're only um, free and clear 30 days after you're put on waivers. And actually, the waiver period for the 21 season just started uh, as we talk here today on the 29th. So it just started on today. So him having been on waivers back in October has no bearing whatsoever on what would take place right now. So uh, there is no recall waivers. Uh, if you it, The waivers is only to send the player down. There, there used to be a recall waivers a number of years ago where players on NHL contracts would have to clear re- uh, would have to do uh, waivers on the way up as well as on the way down. But now it's just on the way down. So the waiver situation with Tyler Johnson um, is not going to be an issue as we look ahead to the start of the season. Yeah, and as we said before, I think he's going to be a guy that you know a lot of people felt like was going to be dealt this year. That may not happen for a lot of different reasons, and that could prove very beneficial to the Lightning because I think you're now going to have a very motivated player. Not that you didn't last year, but now you've had a year, an offseason to kind of look at how things are going. You know you're probably going to be back with the Tampa Bay Lightning and probably in a top six role. What's not to like about that situation if you're Tyler Johnson? Yep, a lot of uh, a lot of things that uh, can work in Tyler Johnson's favor coming into the season. Uh, and look, it, he understood the cap situation. He understood, you know, as most players do, they understand the business side of things. I don't think there will be any ill will in any way because of the team trying to move him over the summer. It was it was presented to him. That's one thing that you have to appreciate about this management staff. They're very upfront with their players. They tell them, okay, this is a situation. This is what we want to do. You know, not that the player necessarily has a ton of input into it, but they're up front with it. This is what we're trying to do and, you know, get yourself ready for this. So I, I think as players, they always appreciate that type of, uh, of openness. Uh, all right, t- two questions here that kind of tie into each other. I know this has been a big question 
um, over the past uh, couple of weeks, especially we start to look forward to the start of the season. Any word on who is replacing Rick Peckham on the broadcast team? Of course, we know Rick Peckham did retire at the end of the season, sent him out with a cup. Uh, and the follow-up question, another one from Prozemic, when do we announce John Forslund? And, and he does it with a smiley face. It's a big mystery as to who it's going to be. I would have to think we're going to find out soon enough, uh, Greg, as we start to look at the television schedule and what might be presented on Fox Sports Sun. Of course, a lot of people in the local area don't have Fox Sports Sun, but that's a topic for another time. Um, I, I don't have any insight uh, into who it's going to be. Uh, uh, certainly John Forslund's name has been out there. I don't think he's in the running, though, from my understanding. I, I, I think that there's a chance he might end up being the national voice taking over for uh, Doc Emmerich. I don't know that for sure, but that's kind of what I've heard uh, through through the, some of the grapevines in what might happen there. So I don't know if John Forslund is coming here. Um, other than that, I haven't heard a ton of names. Uh, I will share a couple with everybody here. Uh, the first one is Brian Munns, who was doing Winnipeg Jet games for TSN Radio in Winnipeg. Uh, my understanding is that they actually changed um, affiliates in Winnipeg, so I don't think, I'm not sure Brian Munns is going to be doing the radio anymore. So he's a name that's kind of been out there as a potential taking over the job. How about this one, Greg? And this will strike to your heart. Dan Duva. Dan Duva, of course, Ooh. was the radio voice yeah. of the Syracuse Crunch for a few years. And he is currently the radio voice for the Vegas Golden Knights. He's a name that I have heard out there as well. Wouldn't that be interesting? That would be very interesting. Dan does great work. We've had him on our shows before. He always uh, is insightful and uh, just a, a big-time professional. All those guys you mentioned would be tremendous. I, I think you're right with John, who um, has always been gracious with his timey coming on and talking hockey with us. I think the question is just how much time would he need for the national broadcasts? And is that going to be, you know, his, his full-time gig? Because, you know, sometimes they, they allow national local guys to do national games and it's not a, a big deal. That's typically though, when, you know, the, the, let's say a lightning game's not televised and it's the national game, you know, of the week. And, and sometimes they'll have Rick Peckham be the play-by-play guy. But I don't know if that would be the case with John Forslund, and I don't know if John Forslund uh, or the Lightning would would want that arrangement, especially coming off a Stanley Cup run. You probably want your announcer there for the full 56 games, uh, especially somebody who's new to the organization, per se. But that that would be my gut, that I, I'd probably say John is is not there because of the conflict nationally, assuming that's the role yep. he takes. But I think the guys you mentioned, in addition to John... Uh, that, that would be very intriguing, and Dan Duva certainly would be well-deserved uh, to get that job for sure. Yeah, one other name that popped up. I'm not familiar uh, with, with this individual, but Dave Randorf, I guess he does some TSN work on uh, uh, CFL games in Canada. His is uh, one that was kind of crossed across, uh, came across my <clears throat> desk, so to speak, in recent. I, again, I'm not familiar with, with who Dave is, but uh, that's another name that has been kind of bantered about. But again, we should hear uh, very soon as we start to get close. Uh, oh, geez, we're two weeks away from the season uh, starting uh, and games being televised, at least to uh, some people who have uh, Fox Sports Sun available to them. Last question, uh, as I mentioned, comes in from Jody. And of course, you can email questions in for the podcast as well, eric at lightninginsider.com. Uh, she had mentioned about the Coburn and Paquette heading to Ottawa. Are they required to quarantine 
uh, first in Canada. How does this affect their participation in training camp, especially with Ottawa being able to start sooner than any of the other uh, teams that, or with the other teams that did not make the playoffs? So we, yeah, we had talked about that. The, the quarantine situation is not quite going to be 14 days. Uh, I think you're going to see some players uh, have to miss the first few days of camp. Uh, to be able to participate with it. You know, Julian Brisebois even mentioned when we spoke to him just before Christmas with the Kucherov news that there was still a player they were trying to get over into Florida, uh, I believe in Europe, to get them to be able to at least start training camp with them, and then the clock was ticking on that. So I think you're going to see this uh, with how quickly this has all come together. There are still some players who aren't in their home cities. I think you might still see some players scrambling to get into town. Yep. And uh, this is the, the juggling act we're seeing with, you know, certain restrictions here and there at different places. So um, it, it's a good question, and it's something I think we're going to continue to to monitor to see how this all plays out. Because, as you know, E, these things um, are, are always, always changing on the fly. And hopefully we don't have to, to talk about this too much more with, again, a vaccine hopefully on the way and, and certain... Uh, precautions uh, in place. Hopefully th- this is something that um, doesn't last forever. Yep. And to follow up, uh, Jody had a second part of her question, uh, the challenge for players on Canadian teams with families in the U S as far as visitation, uh, either the families are coming with them to stay in Canada or they're not uh, I, the visitation. Again, you have to be in those situations. Families have to be quarantined. They're, not, they're not going to make exceptions for families coming in to NHL players, no matter how they get across the border. Um, so either either they're going to live with the, with their family in their city or if they're from the States and they play in a Canadian market or they're not going one of the two. So um, the visitation like you can't you can't just hop across the border, spend a couple of days and come back. It, it just doesn't work that way in the world we're in right now. Hopefully, as you mentioned, that changes down the road. Um, but that's a situation. So not a whole lot of visitation going to be taking place with family members, uh, even immediate family members that live in your household. They're either coming with you or they're staying home. And I'm also curious, too, to see if every NHL franchise will open it up to fans to start. Yeah, we know that's not going to be the case. We know that there are going to be some markets that won't, won't be allowed to. Um, we're still waiting on word from the Lightning and what they're going to do. I, I know that there was an email that went to season ticket holders um, recently. And again, nothing's been announced by the team, but basically he's saying, okay, if uh, they pause payments and collecting your payment, but season ticket members should have received an email that basically said, okay, these are the number of games that you can go to. Pick what you want or pick what you what, what is on your list, your priority list, and we'll make it work. But it might end up only being 10 to 14 games. So even season ticket members here, where we know that right now, at least the Toronto Raptors have as many as 3,800 people uh, at Amelie Arena to watch basketball games. You have to figure that's going to be the same way for the Lightning uh, when they open up. But, yeah, we know there's not going to be. I, I think the Florida Panthers came out and announced that they're going to have, what, up to 5,000 that they could have in their building. The Coyotes have come out and said wait, wait, they can have on, hold on. The uh, pan- a limited number. The Panthers said they're going to allow up to five, but they don't get that regardless. So what a little ambitious uh, there. Maybe 500, right? 500 <laughs> and 250 of that is going to be lightning thing. Uh, yeah, I knew the jokes were going to start coming as soon as that one came in, <laughs> into play with the You pandemic. set yourself up for that one. Come on. <laughs> I did. I did. Um, so there'll, there'll be some markets that can, but there'll be some, that, um, we already know the San Jose Sharks are going to have to open their season in Arizona. Yeah. They have a very heavy road schedule to hopefully at least get things to open up where they can start playing some games in San Jose. Otherwise they're gonna have to play their <clears throat> quote unquote home games in Arizona, uh, at least to start the season. So uh, again, it's, it's a, it's a constantly 
evolving situation on so many levels, uh, health uh, being at the, the paramount of everything uh, to try and make this work. Um, well, either way, we do know this, Greg. Hockey is coming. It's coming back. And as we mentioned in the last podcast, it's going to come at you fast now that we have a plan in place. Because by the time we talk next and we release our next podcast, most likely, we'll already be in a training camp. Yep, it's it's right around the corner for sure. And I think a lot of Lightning fans are excited to see this team get an opportunity to defend their title, even though they're they're facing a, a little bit of adversity with Kucherov being out to start. But I think this team, as we know, is is very deep, talented, well coached. That you know, 50, a fifty six game schedule in the regular season shouldn't be an issue for them to at least get into the playoffs. And then hopefully Kucherov is ready to go and. Let's see what happens. Yep, the Lightning will have an opportunity for something they were not able to do the last time they won a cup, and that is to defend it. Uh, Greg, as always, man, so much fun. Great to talk with you again. Uh, look forward to the next one. Uh, looking forward to the start of hockey season and looking forward to more conversations with you. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. Get those questions in. Keep them rolling. And if you're a Florida Panthers fan, I'm sorry if I offended you. <laughs> There's a joke there to be had somewhere as well, but I'm not going to say it. Um, All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, review it, uh, especially on Apple. Hit those five-star reviews. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, We'll be back with another podcast in a couple weeks. Don't forget about our Manscaped promo code. Use the promo code BOLTS for 20% off any order at manscaped.com. Until next time, Greg, we'll see you then. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.